Shut up and sit down. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, WGOB proudly brings to you its tag team champions of the world. I don't know. I don't know what that is. Girls of Booze in the House, this is Frank Reviews. I'm Doug, and with me, the star of our show, the limousine riding, the jet flying, the wheeling, dealing, kiss stealing, son of a gun, Frank. Jill. I'm liking <laughs> this, actually. Uh, I'm out. Oh, that's two weeks. Or two episodes. <laughs> I got to come up with new ones, you know, because we talk about hard times, baby. Frank is talking about hard times. All right. Anyway, we uh, Frank reviews. Welcome to Frank reviews. This is a Dusty Rhodes promo for you, Frank. That we'll we'll revisit that later. Uh, if you didn't, if you're tuning in with us to uh, for the first time, this is our kind of our pro wrestling mm-hmm. thing. We're doing uh, the Royal Rumble uh, year by year. We started with the 1988 version last time. This is the 1989 version that we're going to do this time. You pumped up? Yeah. Do you have time to fully digest the exciting action that we saw in the 1988 one? Yeah, that was uh, eye-opening, to say the least. <laughs> that was a Royal Rumble full of what we like to call punches and kicks. Does it change? Uh, it, it starts to, but no, not not quite yet, I don't think. It's not full-fledged yet, right? As I'm I recall, sure. it's been a long time since it was 1989. Uh, smarter people than me <laughs> can do the math as to when that was, but... Uh, I don't remember exactly, but I feel like this is another punch kick Royal Rumble. Most likely. How much can really change in a year? Well, you'd be surprised. The Hard Foundation are good guys now. Ah, who's the Hard Foundation again? You're a fucking jerk. <laughs> Last we saw the Hard Foundation, it was Jimmy Hart. Or uh, Jimmy Hart, yeah, was leading Brett the Hitman Hart and Jimmy Animal Nightheart. They've since turned on him and become good guys, and Jimmy Hart now manages the, the, the fabulous Rougeau brothers. That's his like French Canadian team now. Weird. Great. Good Canadians talk, in the wrestling. Oh, why are you gonna write in the Canadians? I'm you know I'm half joking. Canadian, you prick. Who cares? Oh, see, see how you are. Nobody likes Canadians. I'm joking. I don't mean that. You're a real dick, Frank. You know that? <laughs> uh, obviously, we are the Girls of Booze, so there is going to be an alcohol uh, Thank component you, Jesus. component to what we do. Uh, last time was an equilibrium. Yes, equilibrium. In New York. But this time we thought we'd stay in Jersey, and we'll slide on over to Bolero Snort Brewing in, what is it, Ridgefield Park? Is that where they are? Ridge, Ridge? I always forget that time. I think it's Ridgefield Park, I think is where they are. It's at least close to it. Uh, Brewed and canned by Bolero Snort. Oh, Carlstadt. 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 Carlstadt, New Jersey. This is called Legally <clears throat> Blazed, which is their Imperial West Coast India Pale Ale. That would make sense with the look. Eight point, yeah, we just, we literally just poured it. It's a nice copper color. It looks kind of like what you would expect a West Coast IPA to look like. Uh, 8.7% alcohol by volume, one pint can, your standard craft beer can, silver can with a Bolero Snort label. Kind of. like a, you know, I thought that this, like that they were, s- I, thought, I, I thought they were making like a pot reference here, but I guess not. Like, what is, what is no, the reference is. here? Is it? Yeah. Well, what's the, what is the, like somebody ripped out their heart and laid it on the label? Like, what's the label? It's a hop, though. Okay. But what about this is going to read as, like, weed? Yeah, I don't know. It looks like a bloody hop, like somebody ripped a hop out of somebody's chest. Yeah, I guess. It's trippy. Trippy. I'm sure there's a reference here that I'm just not getting. Well, listen, I, I'm probably not getting it either, but it is kind of weird. They do have the the marijuana leaf surrounding the label. 
the top. That's not a marijuana leaf. No, at the top, leaf? right by the, the yes, I know, is. I'm looking at What are you, crazy? Yes, it is. That is nothing at all like a marijuana leaf. Okay. Le- clearly, you've never seen a marijuana It's a marijuana leaf. Yeah, no, it really is. It's yeah, seven-point it leaf. What the fuck yeah, are you no, talking about? Yeah, no, it's definitely a marijuana leaf. All right. I just, I wasn't looking at it that You close. know what it is? You're blind. You know what it is, Frank? You can go fuck yourself. How about that, buddy? Wow, this is getting very aggressive. Yeah, we Maybe we're going to have a little Royal Rumble here. Explicit language. <laughs> <laughs> Be very brief. Uh, we know who comes in number one and number two. So. Do we? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. So anyway, so here we are with the 1989 Royal Rumble, Frank. There's going to be a big difference here. Yeah, more stars. If you remember, well, that. But if you remember the last one, 1988 was a it was a TV special that they put on. Uh, the Royal Rumble match itself was pretty much inconsequential. You know, no big deal. With starting with 89, and by the way, it's January 15th, 1989. Um, it becomes a pay-per-view. So now it starts to become a little bit of a more important show. It's its own animal now. What's it? It's its own animal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I'm not, we'll find out as we go here, but I'm pretty sure that still they haven't reached the point where, like, if you win the Royal Rumble, you main event WrestleMania. I don't think they've gotten to that point yet, as I recall. Okay. Um, But now it's at least a pay-per-view. It's important. Uh, It takes place, this one, in the Summit in Houston, Texas. I'm sure it's not called the Summit anymore. Uh, but Houston, Texas is the home of our Royal Rumble this week. The commentary team is uh, Gorilla Monsoon and Jesse the Body Ventura, if I remember correctly, will be our team. Geo. Right? It's got to be. Yeah. Yes, it's got to be. The idea of the show, obviously, is if you want to watch along with us, we'll kind of, you know, enjoy the hokiness of 1989 pro wrestling together. No. Yeah. Frank's looking at me. You can't yeah. see this because it's audio. <laughs> Frank is looking at me like, shut the fuck up, dude. This is Well, horrible. you can even see, like, Eve, while it's paused, the graphics change a little bit. You can see they're putting a little more effort yeah. into right. that, right? Sure. No, Seriously. not even really. Well, yeah, I guess the, the yeah, it's yeah. more of a... Yeah, so the very the last Royal Rumble uh, logo was very generic. This is actually, like, the true Royal Rumble logo that most people will remember. Um... If you're going to watch along with us, obviously you can see this in a number of illicit, illegal different places. If you're watching <laughs> it on the on the WWE Network, it's very easy. You just hit skip next match, and then you can skip right into the Royal Rumble, and then you're going to hit play in three, two, one, play. We'll see. Sometimes you have to. Sometimes there's an ad that'll pop up. And if you have better, oh, we go right into. And it. if you have better internet, then you know. Shut up. Frank. Doug here, it might load faster. I have literally the top level internet that you can get. So, uh, so he has net zero. I do have net zero. Top Again, Frank. You know what, Frank? Shut up. The mullets are still in style in 1989. Yeah, 89, we were still rocking the mullets. <laughs> Howard Finkel, our good friend Howard Finkel here, again going over the, the rules. They, so there are a little bit of a change. The last one we watched was a 20-man battle royal, two-minute entrance, uh, two minutes in between each entrance, in each, geez, good Lord, in between each entrance. This year, 30-man battle royal, two minutes in between each entrance. They did a whole thing. They made a whole thing of it for the, through this whole pay-per-view where you, you watch the guys in the back. They pick their numbers. It becomes like a whole thing throughout the course of the show. And if you remember the last time, it was no fanfare. The first, number one and number two start in the ring. This time, you know, nobody's in the ring. They make this a little bit more of a right? thing, right? So everyone's going to have entrances. Everybody's going to have music. So here you go, Frank. Number one, Axe of Demolition. 
co-holder of the World Wrestling Federation Tag Team titles, the former masked superstar, Axe of Demolition. Demolition? Demolition. Is that the same as Legion of Doom? And here come the Smasher. No, this was the WWF's answer to the Legion of Doom. Oh, okay, because they almost has the same... uh... You don't remember the, you don't remember demolition? No. They had like they, they were dressed a little bit like Mad Max guys. They would have like the black hockey masks on. They look like the guys from Kiss. Spikes. Well, this particular guy looks a little bit like yeah. uh, So who's number two, Frank? This is gonna be an amazing moment in the WWE. Number two, or WWF at the time. The man who pulled number two? I don't understand. The, the demolition music hasn't ended, Frank. Oh, number two is Smash, Axis Tag Team Partner. The first time that this scenario occurs in the Royal Rumble, which is something that they'll use throughout uh, history. The idea of rough. every man for themselves, and here you have your your two tag team partners, your tag team champions. They have no choice. They have and to they fight. they go right at it, huh? So Axe and Smash are number one and number two. They kick off our Royal Rumble here in 1989. Well, the good thing is after the, uh, as long as they last two minutes, right? they can go after whoever comes next, right, and just beat the hell out exactly. of them, I guess. <laughs> Which will be Tito Santana. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, Tina Santana took a oh, that poor time. guy took a beating in the first one, huh? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, Frank, you might remember Smash here on the right. He goes on to become the Repo Man in WWF. Oof. He goes on to become the Black Top Bully in WCW. Yeah, the good thing is I don't, remember, I don't remember any clothes of this. Clothesline from Axe. Boot to the face. As I remember, this axe was quite a bit... Old. Look at those sad, sorry fucking axe handles from Axe. <laughs> axe was quite a bit older here than Smash, if I remember correctly. But these guys were very much the answer to the NWA's Road Warriors, the Legion of Doom. When did the, did the Legion of Doom ever get into the W... When did they get yeah, into yeah, the yeah. I, I forget the exact year. Somewhere in the 90s, the, yeah. the Road Warriors show up as the Legion of Doom. And they always fall as a tag team, right? Uh, no, nah, I mean, they, they kind of broke them up a little bit towards the very end of their run, like years later. I'm talking about like deep into the 90s. They tried to add somebody into the group. Uh, into the group. They did a whole thing where Hawk was like a, in a, a depressed, suicidal alcoholic. And then they added, it was a whole disgusting period of time. I think it, actually it might even have been like 99 or 2000. So or they used his real role. Probably. Yeah, no, he was, yeah, he had a lot of problems. He's dead now. Actually, they're both dead now, as I recall. Hawk and Animal both died. Oh, oh! look at that. The first instance you get of a guy getting thrown over the top rope, but it holds on, but the other guy thinks he's over. Face plants to the floor. These guys doing some uh, shitty selling for each other. Axe and Smash, two punch kick guys. There you go. The countdown. Five, four, three, two, one. Who's going to be number three, Frank? Number three with oh no music. Oh my God, Andre the Giant. Andre the Giant with Holy Bobby the Brain Heenan giving him some last minute instructions as he runs to the ring at blistering speed. <laughs> he is uh, <laughs> strolling away. I could leave right now and run to Texas faster than Andre getting into the ring. <laughs> He's taking a sweet God ass bless time. him though. This is very clearly getting towards the end of his career. Oh, trouble, this is towards the end moving. of his career? Yeah, I mean, he had a couple of years left, but you can just see he's having trouble man, moving. Man, that, that documentary was crazy, man. The Andre one? Oh, man. Yeah. I, saw I mean, that. just look at him. You can see he's having trouble moving. Yeah. He takes a horrible... <laughs> he takes, Jesus. He, he tumbles to the mat after a horrible clothesline from Demolition. That that reminds me of Paul, like, uh, that's literally what like Humpty Dumpty would look mm-hmm. like, right? Falling over. 
The poor guy has to lay. The poor guy has to lay there and and uh, sell these shitty punches and kicks from Devil. You know what the crazy thing is, and I know he said this the first time that we recorded the the first one, is that as a kid you're going there watching this stuff. This is very violent for like a kid to go to watch oh. it in person. Huh? And as a kid, listen, it took. I think it was my uncle who really ruined it for me, and I say that in a joking way because we we joke about it now. But he would be like, "Buddy, this guy just got pile driven on the concrete on the outside." If it was real, he'd be dead. I'm like, what? wrestling is real. What are you talking about? This yeah. really happens. So that whole the whole Santa moment for you. Yeah, for, for, <laughs> yeah he he put the first crack into the uh, into the, the armor, the pro wrestling thing for me, and then it really. <laughs> fell did you start apart. looking at about look at it that way? Like I did. I was just gonna say, and then from with that in the back of my head, it fell apart when I was watching a pay per view that the NWA was putting on. Actually, might have been WCW at the time. It was like a Halloween cage thing. Where the idea was like, you had to beat up your opponent and put him in an electric chair and then flip the switch, and that's how you won the match. And the whole time the switch was on, and mm-hmm. people were getting in and out of the chair and all this kind of stuff. And then like they flip the switch off and then flip the switch on, and then the guy had to electrocute. I'm like, oh, this is this is fake. This is <laughs> okay. actual fake. Here we go at number four, Frank. We have Kurt Heading, who of course we knew as Mister Perfect at this point. But interestingly, not the Mr. Perfect and like the singlet and all that stuff that he would go on to wear. He's just in his blue trunks, his AWA look. He's walking in as slow as uh, Andre the Giant was. He's like, yeah, I'm, in sure. no, yeah. I'm in no rush to get my ass whooped. He whoop, is man. not <laughs> cruising to the ring. He's got his Mr. P, his Mr. P boots on. But uh, he was essentially still Kurt Hedding at this point. He hadn't really turned into Mr. Perfect. Kurt Hedding used to be the AWA heavyweight champion. I think we talked about this a little bit last time, too. You're going to get a litany of guys who were, oh, there goes Smash. Smash is out. eliminated by Andre the Giant. You get a litany of guys in WWF, especially at this period, that were big stars or you know headliners <laughs> to other, other organizations, <laughs> and hilarious. they just bury him into the mid-card. They're trying to get Andre the Giant. They're going to need like the whole 30-man crew yeah. to get him out of the sure. thing. Yeah, you need, a, you need everybody. And you have to be over the top rope or you can Every, be... Over the top rope to the floor is how you get eliminated. Mm. I swore I saw... What was the first one? I thought it was, wasn't it Mysterio? Fucking got thrown out like on the middle rope. I'm, I'm going crazy. Frank, I feel like you're skipping ahead because Rey Mysterio was about three when the first one happened. So it wasn't Rey Mysterio. <laughs> I mean, he was about you three. You could go out through that, huh? We mean, he was about three. What are you talking about? Oh, Mysterio. The Mysterio. <clears throat> yeah, no, he didn't go. You can go through the middle ropes. You, okay. you got to go over the top to the floor to lose, there to be go. eliminated. Oh. Andre the Giant with his Frank Heading taking a, uh, a breather. Kurt Heading is definitely a missed opportunity to WWF. I think Heading is like, one, well, Andre missed that headbutt by a mile. <laughs> Heading is one of these guys, like a lot of the guys that were just in an unfortunate time period because nobody was going to take Hogan's spot. You know, Hogan, whether intentionally or unintentionally, just buried a lot of these guys that were a lot more talented than him underneath him. Heading could have been the WWF champion at some point, but you don't want by pure skill. Yeah, it wasn't going to happen. Here we go. Number five, Frank is rugged Ronnie Garvin, former NWA heavyweight champion, beat Ric Flair for the NWA title, and then lost it like three days later. <laughs> Holy shit! The master of the Garvin stomp, where he would stomp it your entire length of your body, up your foot, down around your body, <laughs> and all the way down to your other foot. It was a very silly move, but it was fun to watch. Jesus Christ! They got him a. Uh... And the crucifix on there. And the ropes. I think they called him Hands of Stone here, Ronnie Garvin, at this point. He had, like, you know, one of those uh, left hands that would knock you out. 
They're trying to figure out again. Yeah, Andre, Andre, they're all like, wait, we got to get this guy yeah, out of here. Andre has the perfect philosophy here. I'll just lay here in the ropes. You can't pick him up. Look at him. He, hits it, he chops the guy in the dick. <laughs> There's a straight dick chop. He must have a strong fist, man. Axe oh, with the classic oversell. Ass right yeah. to the back. Andre <laughs> the Giant gingerly oh, puts his no. ass on Axe, and Axe smells like, or smells like, yeah. Uh, acts as though he just got hit with a brick. Oh, my God. What a horrible position to be now put Now he is literally eating Andre's ass. That literally. F- seems uncomfortable. He's sitting on his face. <laughs> Andre's literally sitting on his chin. <laughs> Andre just used Axe like a day. Hit him with a hammer fist. Kurt Henning doing his standard, like... I got punched, and I'm going to flip around to the air move. Five-foot-tall Ronnie Garvin, God bless his soul, is trying to put Andre the Giant out. <laughs> Horrible. Let's talk about the beer. Was that, you, huh? Beer? What do you think of the beer? Uh, It's kind of what I expected. It's yeah, a little it's a, bitter. It's a West Coast IPA, but it, it's very hoppy, too, though. It tastes a little bit old, though, to me. Yeah, it's a little raisiny. Raisiny. It's a good call, yeah. actually. Here we go with the countdown, Frank. Number six out of the shoot, we have Greg the Hammer Valentine. Look at that hair, man. With Jesus. Jimmy Hart. Valentine, if you only watched WWF and were not familiar with the NWA, as far as you knew, Valentine was the only guy putting on the most amazing figure four leg lock. You'd have to pretend like you never knew who Ric Flair was. Valentine, at this point, if you look at his left leg, Frank, was selling some sort of leg injury that he had had mm. forever. So it would really not ever do anything in any match except for when he was getting ready to put the figure four on. He would spin it around to the back of his leg, and somehow that would put extra pressure on the figure four and cause you to, to tap out and lose. Oh, wow. And people bought that. Yeah, why not? Yo, Listen, look how small this one is. Yeah, Ronnie Garvin is out. Look. There you go. Andre just and completely dumped Ronnie Garvin out. Uh, yeah, you can believe anything if uh, in pro wrestling as long as it's sold to you the right way. Kurt Henning looks impressed that he actually slammed Axe. Mm. Henning, i got to be honest with you, Henning looks like he has a little bit of a chub going on. Mm-hmm. Mr. Perfect has a little chub happening. Man, the, look at in that. The, in the blue trunks. I'm not surprised that you're uh, paying attention to that. No, I looked right at his dick because it was like sticking out of his trunk. Oh, right? I mean, God. I didn't mean to do it, but it's like, you know, if somebody's waving their dick around in front of your face, unfortunately, you're going to have no choice. Your eye's going to be drawn to it. Do you see I- how he takes... I see. Axe put this gentle clothesline on him and heading flips as though somebody shot him in the face. <laughs> Looks like one of those characters in Call of Duty when you hit him with the shotgun. <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> right. He spins forward. Look at Look Andre. at the demonic Look at the face on Andre. Andre. He's got that's, 150 teeth. He's like a dinosaur. That's why that's from all those uh pictures of beers that you be drinking, huh? <laughs> Maybe. Six seconds. Who's coming in? Heading, throwing these weak ass. He's that boy. Am I glad I retired? Here you go, Jake the Snake coming again. Jake the Snake, a couple more pounds than last time we saw him, and he gets caught on the ropes, rolling <laughs> in. He's rolling in, gets his foot caught on the ropes, and Andre fucks him up. He's just holding him by the head. Man, the crowd loved him though. Jake was way over. Greg Valentine with the wind up and the shot, and Andre acting so nothing happened. And again, get a mosquito bite into the back. <laughs> look at this! Look at the look on his face, though. He's like happy, Andre's just loving his life out. right now. Oh, it's amazing. 
He's like, I live for this. Heading, eating another headbutt to the mouth. Valentine just, Valentine, Greg Valentine's just taking a breather. Yeah, He's a veteran, got, man. He knows, Jake you know what? Jake the Snake came in into Camera's a very bad me, position. I'm going to hang out over here. Yeah, Jake the Snake came in to get fucking, look, <laughs> ever since he got his fucking leg caught on the rope. Well, Andre. He's really choking him out with him the rope. <laughs> with the bottom rope. He's stepping down on the bottom rope to Andre's, choke him out. Andre's putting all 800 pounds of himself uh, on Jake's neck. I don't remember ever seeing some. Oh, man. He's doing an ass press Yeah, on was his it when he gave him the hip drop there? How does. Oh, mm. shit. He's putting all his body weight on him. I mean, I just had a mouthful of beer, but God almighty. Andre put all of his weight on Jake's stomach. He had spleen surgery God, after bless this. Andre the Giant, man. I'm gonna take an ass, make an assumption that uh, Andre the Giant wins this one. Is that are you calling that already? I, I, no, I'm joking. Let me see who else is in this before I. Do I mean, that. you got another, <laughs> you got another 24 gotta, people here. I got to I got to see uh, who else is in this. Andre the Giant choking Jake Roberts with his own singlet. He's putting his nipple <laughs> right on the back of his the head. The nipple into the back of his head, and he's like wrapping his own gear around his neck. That is uncomfortable. Here we go, number seven. Your favorite from the last time, Frank. This is the outlaw, Ron Bass. Who I can't even believe is still in the company, honestly. Ron Bass has lost all of his hair since last year. Oh, there goes Jake. Andre the Giant throws Jake out. Greg yeah, Valentine. I would have. I I Greg Valentine's looking at Andre like he's never seen him before in his entire life. I would have thrown myself over the top rope, but be next to that guy. Jesus. I don't know what happened to Ron Bass, but he literally lost his entire head of hair. There wasn't roguing back then, Doc. Oh, clearly, but still. <laughs> Heading is dying to figure out some way to do his flip move that he likes to do whenever he gets hit. <laughs> Ron Bass with a shitty elbow drop, and then puts his nuts over, right over on Smash's or on Axe's head. Punch him in the face. Mm, take that. Sizzle. 89, Frank. Were you watching this at all or no? No. Definitely wasn't. Not even a little bit? Were you aware of it? Uh, of its no. existence? No? Like I said, I didn't. This is I like wasn't. P. Hulk Hogan. You weren't even digging this at all as a kid? Mm -mm. I'm telling you, I used to watch the, I used to typically only watch the the standard fights that they would have every week. I'd have watched them once in a while and that was it. I didn't have free range to watch it at home. I gotta be honest. Listen, I, here's a little bit of inside baseball. I'm keeping count here, and either I missed one or they missed one because they're calling number nine is about to come out. <laughs> I'm on eight. <laughs> I guess we'll find out at the end. If I'm at 29, then Gorilla Monsoon is correct. Three, three, two, two one. Frank here's either one. number eight or number nine, depending on who you believe. Oh, it is a little-known guy yeah. from the Rockers named Shawn Michaels. The Rockers used to be called the Midnight Rockers in the AWA. Had just come over to the WWF at this point. Another great head of hair. Yeah, a beautiful, thick mullet. A gorgeous mullet. <laughs> Didn't even know what products were. It doesn't have an ounce of product in his hair. Yeah, it is. It's no, uh, what's it called? Uh... I'm saying, like, you know, he couldn't slick it back, couldn't do yeah. anything. We just lost, who went out? Axe. We just lost Axe right there. Axe went over the top rope. People are ultimately disrespecting Michaels. And here you go. The first ever look at what they call the skin the cat. Mm. 
Hedig throws Michael Zadigals onto the top rope, pulls himself back in by going over the top rope again. A move that Ricky the Dragon Steamboat used to do a lot. Oh! Michaels comes in, drop kicks Hedig. Hedig flips around every single rope and ends up back in the ring somehow. Mr. Perfect getting clobbered. <laughs> so Andre's move is Andre's, I will choke uh, everybody listen, out. There's punch kick guys. Andre is a chop choke guy. He wants to any reason to show off his fifty hundred teeth. Oh my god. What is going on here? You know the irony here is as you stare at the ring? Before they showed up in this company. Kurt Hennig was a huge star in the AWA. He was their heavyweight champion a number of times. And Shawn Michaels was like an AWA tag team champion, but not really anything. You know, if you fast forward into the future, Hennig is always going to be a mid-car guy, and Michaels becomes one of the biggest stars in WWF. It's very strange. Yeah. He's definitely one of those guys that uh, stood out to me when he was uh, wrestling. Who, Michaels? Or yeah, yeah, Michaels. Michaels. Here you go. Oh... Bushwhacker Luke. One of the Bushwhackers. Or Butch. I always get them confused. The Bushwhackers used to drive me insane because we talked about... It's Butch. What We talked about last time that uh, I'm a... Jake oh, Jake the Snake. Oh, Robert's there you go. I back. remember. I was going to say, when the hell is he going to throw a snake in the ring? He throws Damien and Andre. Oh, Andre himself. is out. <laughs> he said, fuck that. Andre eliminates himself because he's terrified of the snake. So that's how you get Andre out of there. Yeah, there was no way that anybody was going to jump out of there. I uh, I was going to say that uh, the Bushwhackers in the WWF, they really irritated me because I knew them from the NWA because we talked about I was an NWA kid, mm. and they were completely different. The NWA, they were called the Sheep Herders, and they were like a bloody, very evil, bad guy tag team. So they showed up in the WWF as fucking, you know, yeah. the Bushwhackers with the stupid walk and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, what happened to these guys? But again, they got paid. They, they love them. You know, they got that WWF money. The crowd loves them. They're rubbing each other's heads and licking the crowds yeah. and, you know, the whole thing. It's like uh, watching Stooges. Exactly. It's like watching the wrestling Stooges. Ring. Exactly right. Well, we lost Andre, Frank, so there goes your pick. Yeah. I didn't. I said uh, I said again. I know. I, I, you know. Obviously, I'll wait till we get to the 30 before I ask for your actual pick. <clears throat> You sick there, bud? Is that COVID? Yeah, well, I got whatever <laughs> you gave me. No, it's this—it's uh, all the horrible beer we've been drinking that has yeah, uh, clogged me up. Uh, I don't bad. mean this one. I mean, you know, pre-beers. If you if you Boom. dig West Coast IPAs, which I I don't not dig it, I just wasn't ready for it. This is this one isn't all that bad actually. I'm warming bad. up to it quite a bit. Nice copper color, like you would expect in yeah. a West Coast IPA. Serious amount of lacing. I feel like Blair, oh, here we go, uh, coming into the ring, the Honky Tonk Man. The Honky Tonk Man. The greatest Intercontinental Champion of all times, the Honky Tonk Man. Um, I just realized, was wrestling always a heavyweight division? Always? No, there was, well, there's the Intercontinental title, which really is your mid-card title. It's, you know, kind of like your lighter weight title, like, the, mm. you know, the lightweight guys. It's, it's the title that the real workers would wrestle for, right? Like so like the, the better most acrobatic guys. Yeah, yeah. They were the Intercontinental Champions. You know, the the Honky Tonk Mans, the Mr. Perfects, the um 
I don't know the te- the Kerry Von Erichs, the Texas Tornadoes, the the I'm trying to think of who in '89. The Ultimate Warrior may have been may have been the champion at this point. I forget who the Inter- Intercontinental Champion mm. is at this point. Punch but like temple. pretty much everybody that was very good that was never going to be Hogan got a shot at the Intercontinental title. Obviously, Honky Tonk Man famously held it forever. Little Elvis wannabe. Wayne Ferris, the cousin, I believe it is, of of uh, Jerry the King Lawler. Uh oh, they're throwing Michaels over. Michaels doing the uh, Michaels. Very good at the babyface in peril thing, where like you know, oh my god, I'm going out. You know what am I going to do? It looks to the crowd. The crowd cheers for him. You know, he, he got he he learned that stuff pretty quick. You know, Hulk Hogan would like to tell you that he's the first one that invented like the look to the crowd to see, you know, to to get him to pump up when he's in danger. He looks to the crowd, kind of thing. It's not like you have something against Hulk Hogan. No, I just think he's overrated as shit. I listen when I was a kid. He is I loved not Hogan. overrated, man. Hulkamania. Hulk Hogan has four moves, but he was easily the biggest star in history. Yeah, yeah. like Steve Austin is a. Is, oh, here, here's your boy, Tito Santana. Tito Santana's coming in to get the here shit comes beat the out of human, him. The like human punching bag. Here comes the human punching bag. The whole ring's going to beat up on Tito Santana like last year. They all turn on him. All right, apparently I did miss a number. So this is he's 12, Tito. Mm. Um, I think Strike Force had broken up at this point. I think his partner, Rick Martel, was moving on to be the model at this point. Certainly Strike Force's better years were behind them, Tito Santana and Rick Martel. Mm. Tito threw in a, a couple of great moves and... Now the outlaw Ron Bass is beating the shit out of him. He came what in like, is he, going on here? He came in, well, you know, nothing. Butch is jerking cr- off the honky tonk man. Uh, Butch has a complete handful of honky tonk man's dick and balls right yeah, now. He's playing his course. This will throw him out. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the outlaw Ron Bass trying to get a backdrop on Shawn Michaels. Oof. Shawn Michaels doing what he does, flying through the air. Michaels way ahead of his time, actually. Gracefully. The double suplex on Michaels. Look, Santana was the most recent one in, right? He came in with yeah. a lot of energy, and he's already getting the fuck beat out of him. Not like last time, but still. Yeah, Greg Valentine mm-hmm. no-selling the leg kicks that he's trying to throw on him. A bushwhacker is about to take a shot at him. Michaels oh, overselling, as he does. Sitting in a corner belt. We got to be a couple of years away from the barber shop still at this point. I think in ni- I think it's ninety two when Shawn Michaels kicks Marty Jannetty through the barber shop window and becomes like a real star. I think it's ninety two. You're looking to me for information that I can't remember. No, I'm, I'm more speaking out loud. I'm, I can't speaking remember. What, you, I'm sure you remember that segment. It was one of the most famous segments in pro wrestling, even if you don't know. Yeah, yeah, of course it is. Here you go. Bad news, Brown, Frank. Bad news, Brown is our in next and out. Entrant. Come on. No, he's one of these guys. I always loved him. I don't know why. His his finishing move was so dumb, right? But it was called the Ghetto Blaster, and I always loved it. All it was was like a kick to the back of the head. Oh, that's it? But it was one of these things that like dudes would sell it like they got shot. He did it to Bret Hart once, and Bret Hart like ran forward and flipped over the top rope as though he'd been hit by a missile with this hmm. Ghetto Blaster. Oh! Honky Tonk Man is out. Honky Tonk Man gets eliminated by Tito Santana and the Bushwhacker.
Tito Santana Ooh. with a shitty ear breaker move. So you think all this was not choreographed at all? No, I mean, my understanding of what happens is these guys all know who comes in when. They all know who's going to eliminate who. But the rest of it, other than, like, big spots that you might want to figure out, the rest of it, I think, is pretty much called on the fly, which is true of most wrestling matches. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I, I know I, I think people think that it's all completely set up. Yeah, I always thought it was like a routine. But really, it's... It's just... You know, like, a lot of the guys that would wrestle Ric Flair would say that Ric Flair was famous for they would let him call the match, meaning... You know, you would do your series of moves. You'd go into, like, a headlock or whatever, which is why a lot of wrestlers had long hair, because the long hair would fall in front of their face, and you couldn't see them talking to each other. And then, like, Ric Flair would call, okay, throw me off the ropes. We'll do an arm drag, you know, whatever. Take down. I'll get up. Hit me with this, blah, 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 blah. Like, typically the heel, the bad guy, calls the match, unless you're a veteran, in which case, you know, you let the baby face call the match. Well... But a lot of stuff is just done on the fly. Look at Shawn Michaels. The overselling is unbelievable, even back then. Number 14, Frank, you'll never believe it. Marty Jannetty. Who? Shawn Michaels' partner, finally here to save him. The other of the Rockers. The Rockers of Poor Man's Rock and Roll Express, who were blowing up in the NWA at this point. One of my favorite tag teams of all time, the Rock and Roll Express. Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson. I think I didn't really like the Midnight Rock or the Rockers when they came around because they were the Midnight Rockers. And I really feel like it was like, oh, the two biggest teams in the NWA are the, the Midnight Express and the Rock and Roll Express. So now here we have a team. They're called the Midnight Rockers. And they even do the double dropkick just like the Rock and Roll Express. Fuck these two guys now that I'm thinking about it again. <laughs> <laughs> Doug is getting like childhood memories. No, I'm getting I hate wrapped up these in guys. It Fuck you two guys. You guys aren't the Rock and Roll Express. You can't throw that dropkick. You're not allowed. These guys were, Frank, if I could put on a match right now, the Rock and Roll Express, these two were completely like copyright infringement of the Rock and Roll Express. Yeah. The tassels, the double drop kicks, the way they throw their punches. It's Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson. The blonde and the brunette. Somebody chopped Tito Santana's leg off. He's still trying to compete. <laughs> He's like, I'm still feeling the first one. Bam. The forearm. Jesse, Jesse Ventura is still shit talking this guy. He called him Chico. Chico hit him with the enchiladas. <laughs> they were so blatantly racist to this guy. I don't understand it. Him and Heenan. There you go. Ten seconds, Frank. We're halfway through. It's gonna be Hulk Hogan. I don't think so. Not at fifty. <laughs> Hogan's not working from fifteen. Trust me. It is, oh, however, Randy the Savage. Man, Randy Savage, who was not involved in Ooh. last year's. This is probably, Ooh, yeah, not brother. probably, this is easily your biggest star in the match so far. Just yeah, look at the crowd going crazy. Absolutely waylays Bad News Brown. <laughs> For some reason, Randy Savage is the only one that came out in a bandana and sunglasses. And he is fucking destroying Bad News Brown. I, I, they, must, they were in a feud at this point, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. You went right for him. Ooh, he gets bitch slapped. Man, Savage was an amazing seller at this point. Like, even a chop. He sold that shit like a million bucks. 
He clearly has that I live in Florida tan and look. Who? Randy? Randy. The son of Angelo Poffo, Randy Savage, the brother of Leaping Lanny Poffo or the genius. Who? Leaping Lanny Poffo? You don't know Leaping Lanny Poffo? No. When he first came around, he would throw frisbees into the crowd with his stupid poetry on him. He was the he was a poet. Then okay. he came back as the genius and managed, uh, you know, like the Beverly Brothers and things like that. Bam. Savage, hold on, let me think. This Royal Rumble, we had to be, we had to be on the route to WrestleMania four, right? What year is this? Eighty nine. Yeah. No, four would have been. I don't know. Ninety-one. Now, now I'm mixing them up because it couldn't have been five. Savage is clearly a babyface here. He's clearly a good guy here. And obviously, he goes on to win the WWF title in WrestleMania four. Slapping to a slim jam. At five, he was a heel because he had turned on Hogan when they were the Mega Powers. The Mega Powers explode. Here we go, Frank. One of my absolute favorites from the NWA. Coming in next is Arn Anderson of the Horsemen, brought in by Bobby the Bain, or the Bobby the Brain Heenan. Bam. Contract and money problems in the NWA caused uh, Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard to leave the NWA, leave the Horsemen. They came to the WWF as the Brain Busters. Arn Anderson, a tremendously underrated talent. Like another guy that was way ahead of his time. Oof. Got rocked. Shawn Michaels launched out of the ring by Arn Anderson. So here's here's a, there's a good trivia question for you. Somehow Marty Jannetty outlasts Shawn Michaels in this Royal Rumble. Whereas Michaels would go on to become an enormous star. A shitty Irish whip. <laughs> but they throw Arn Anderson into Kurt Heading. Flip him over. I was going to say, if you hear that noise, my dog is snoring, but now she's kicking herself in the face for no apparent reason. That's Duke. Punches and kicks, and a knee lift, and punches and kicks. Were you a Randy Savage guy at all, Frank? Yeah, I used to be. Him and uh, Hulk Hogan. Yeah, so you weren't a huge wrestling fan, right? So how did you did you have a Hogan feeling? Oh, you know who else I was big on too, actually, now that we're thinking about I'm thinking about it? Razor Ramon. Razor oh, Ramon. Razor Ramon. When he came along, we'll talk about Razor when he came along, but I knew him from the AWA as Scott Gator Hall. Mm. You know, Scott Hall, he was called Gator. He was like a goofy, like just a normal countryman buff, hairy chest. Oh, here we go, Frank. The next one in. Arn Anderson's partner, Tully Blanchard at seventeen. So the Brain Busters are in here together. Uh, so when he showed up as Razor Ramon, I'm like, what is this? But he's always been one of my favorites, that guy. I like that Razor Ramon character, the whole the whole shtick with the toothpick and flicking at people. And then yeah. what I think, and actually, now that I'm thinking about it, some of the last wrestling I ever watched was with him. Uh, him and um, I know they, he changed his name afterwards, uh, the one to three kid. Oh, uh, Sean Waltman. Yeah, the one, two, three kids, six, six Pac, X Pac. 
that he kind of like ish. I don't know if it's true, but in the in the wrestling, it looked like he mentored him, right? Like coming up. Yeah, yeah. So like he beats him out of nowhere. The lightning kid he was, and then he beat him and became the one, two, three kid. And then yeah, like he was like his little understudy. Truthfully, it, it, they end up as the best of friends. So it's, uh, the one, two, three kid, Shawn Michaels, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and uh, Triple H mm. were the click. Best friends in real life. Is he still wrestling? I know the one, two, three. Kid. None of them he, are. Sean, I remember uh, Sean Waltman does from time to time, and Triple H does from time to time. But I remember uh, my cousin. He went to a WrestleMania. Uh, Anderson Spinebuster. A couple of years ago, and I remember him taking a picture with him at uh, those meet and greets with the uh, with the wrestlers. Who's that? Waltman or Razor? The one, two, three kid. Oh, the one, two, three. Yeah, Sean yeah. Waltman, one, two, three kid. I was like, oh shit! It's like one of the only people that I saw that yeah, actually. He was a young guy, man. When like, yeah, he, when, when he know, came in, he was, he was really young. His, yeah, yeah, he was when, he was young. He's fairly thin. When that click was running, he had, was like, running that, things, uh, he green was pretty young. Fucking leotard, whatever the fuck you call that. He had the blue leotard. Well, he he was from uh, the AWA, the UWF, or wherever. I think it was the AWA. He was the Lightning Kid. He had red tights with yellow lightning bolts all over it. Flat. Look at Genetti. Look at all the Hold like, on for doing the whole Genetti thing. He's holding on by his toes. Meanwhile, oh, there oh, he goes. And, and he and he look at Tully. Born. Here's the first example of like, oh, well, his feet didn't touch the floor. Here oh, he goes. Hulk Hogan. At 18, your boy, Thunder Lips. Yeah. The immortal Hulk Hogan comes in. Mm. Throws a shitty punch into the heading stomach that he shot. does not sell <laughs> at all. <laughs> the eye rake, your, your baby face throws an eye rake on Tully Blanchard. He launches headache out. Punches Arn Anderson, punches Tully Blanchard, closed fists by the good guy. <laughs> now he took off his men. He means business. I gotta think. What? Bandana off. Oof. Horrible punches to Bad News Brown. You know, Hogan is an amazing is an amazing thing, right? Because Hogan sort of settled into this role in the WWF. Like he knew that he moved that he would have to do the moves that he could do. He was over like a million bucks. But I saw a match with him in New Japan Pro Wrestling. What do you mean was, over like a million bucks? I'm like, sorry. Like, all you had to do was walk out, and the whole place went fucking bananas for yeah. him. He could do nothing, and the place would go crazy for him. What did that stem from? I, I can't recall, like, when he first joined it. Like, it was like one of these things. He was a no, not a nobody. He was a, a villain. He was a heel, managed by Classy Freddie Blassie. And he was like Terry Boulder, I think they called him. And then, like, he kind of became the Hulk Hogan character in the AWA a little bit. Vince saw something in him, brought him over to the WWF, had him beat the Iron Sheik in '84 in the Madison in Madison Square Garden, and it was fucking off and running from there. He just promoted him. He promoted him like this immortal monster. He held the belt for like four or five years before he lost it the first time. At this point, and even he lost it. It was even kind of like a joke the way he lost it. Like he really didn't lose it. It was all like. They use the whole like evil fake referee thing to get the belt off of them. Oof. He's easily the biggest star. Like it's not even close. Like, here we go, number nineteen is Luke is uh Bushwhacker Luke. What do you think Luke's gonna do? <laughs> He's gonna You're going in with Hogan. Yeah. He's gonna chop some wood, boy. You know, you can argue the Hulk Hogan effect on pro wrestling, right? So, like, how many guys in the business? Here we go. We lose. Uh, who do we lose? Luke. Mm-hmm. One of the Bushwhackers. We lost. I didn't see who. We lost one of the Bushwhackers there. Hogan. Was, wait, wait, no, was he right there? He's no, right the there? other one. We lost the other one. Oh. The partner. 
I didn't see who it was. It's either Luke or Butch. Or Butch. Bad uh, News Hogan, Brown, listen. Hogan was... No, Bad News is right there. Uh, Hogan was such a big star, but was never losing to anybody, right? So, like, would the business have been better if he had lost to... Kurt Hedding. If he had lost to, like... Hell, even if he had lost to, like, King Kong Bundy. If he had lost to, you know, these kinds of guys, could you build up bigger stars? But... Instead, you just let Hogan roll with the belt for four years, and then, you know, you kind of fuck him, and you do a little fuckery to get it off of him, and then they do the tournament that Macho Man eventually wins. All of that just to put the belt back on Hogan, just for him to lose it to the Ultimate Warrior, just for him to win it back. You know, it, it becomes like a whole thing. I'm impressed by uh, your uh, your memory of all this stuff. Seriously. It comes back. It's muscle memory. Like I told you, I have a I am a fountain of useless information. <laughs> it's embarrassing how much I know that I can't do anything with at this point. Hulk Hogan holding on to his hair still at that point. Listen, You're we talked bald. last time about me being like an NWA guy. So as an NWA kid, I'm watching two of the horsemen beat up on Hogan. Here you go, Frank. Here's the man. Coco, beware the bird man. No, all right. No, I don't know. You don't remember this guy, Coco, beware. He would have the big. He would have the big, like uh, the big bird, Frankie. Oh yeah, now you're now you're it. Yeah. Athletic kid too. He's uh, he's going natural here. Usually he had like the bright colors in his hair. I don't know what's going on here. Hmm. Hogan again giving uh, an atomic drop here because that's one of only four moves that he has. Again, this is a weird thing where Blanchard clearly sold the atomic drop as though he got hit in the nuts. I've never been clear on the atomic drop. Does it hurt your taint? Does it hurt your nuts? Or does it hurt your ass? Like your tailbone? It hurts your memory because... Like, uh, what is it supposed to hurt? Boom! Different guys sell it different ways. What was I saying about... Hogan? Oh, so I saw a match with Hogan in New Japan Pro Wrestling. He was fighting the great, the great Muda. It's like a completely different guy. He does wrestling moves and the whole thing. Who does? Hogan. Oh. The point I was making before is that Hogan learned that, like, the character sells the match, right? So he can be the character. He can do nothing. Oh, he throws out Coco Beware. Poor Coco. Mm-hmm. Hogan eliminates Coco Beware. Uh, he can do nothing and, win, and, and make a million bucks. That's per year, obviously. Right? Or is it oh, no, much? I don't know if it was actually a million. I'm just saying, like, he looks like a million bucks. Look at Hogan eliminating. Right? Hogan, Hogan eliminate all the poor fucking middle card guys. He eliminates both the Bushwhackers. He eliminates Coco Beware. He's like, you don't belong in these circles, boy. <laughs> Literally, he's only one guy in the ring that belongs in his class, according to him, and that's Macho Man. And he's getting backslapped. He's like, listen, I'm going to give Blanchard and Anderson a little bit, but eventually I'm just going to fucking walk off of these guys, too. Is that guy digging in his ass? Yeah, well, you know, that's as you do, you know. Here's 21. Here we go. The Warlord. Another attempt at, uh, look at fucking Hogan. He gets rid of both Blanchard oh. and Anderson. I fucking hate Hogan at this point. Now, watch this. Watch this. I remember this vividly. Watch this. The Powers of Pain were also kind of like a Road Warriors ripoff, the Warlord and the Barbarian. Look how big this dude is. He's a beast, right? Check this out. In the ring, and Hogan gets rid of him in fucking three seconds. Welcome and goodbye. And Hogan empties the other ring, gets rid of Macho Man of Bad News Brown, and then Hogan's the only one alive. This shit used to piss me off. Macho Man's pissed off at him. 
the mega powers are about to explode. What are you doing, brother? Macho Man is uh, Chris in real life. <laughs> this is the line. beginning of the mega powers exploding. Here comes Elizabeth out, of course. You know she's gonna she's gonna soothe everybody. This is a classic move that Liz would do, where she would kick her high heels off for no mm-hmm. apparent reason. Hey, bitch, slapping him. I will fuck so you. So this ha- this has to be on the road to WrestleMania five then. Although that wouldn't make any sense. Why would Macho Man be in the ring then? Maybe your memory is actually eluding you. Well, no, because they're clearly the Mega Power still at this point, right? They haven't broken up yet. WrestleMania five, the whole the whole hook was it's the Mega Powers exploding, because right now they're a tag team, which would mean that Macho Man's probably the heavyweight champion right now. Who's the hottie? Because Macho Man wins WrestleMania four, he wins the tournament, becomes the heavyweight champion. They end up teaming together, Hogan and Macho. Say, like, come on, man. Shake my hands. Hogan doing his normal move. I got to look to the crowd. Oh, here. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. All right. I love you, brother. And then WrestleMania 5, they explode. The Mega Powers explode. I was waiting for like a slap. When he was well, no. What happens is they, they end up on Saturday, uh, uh, Saturday night's main event. I think it is. Here we go. The Big Boss Man. With the Doctor of Style, Slick. Number 22, the Big Boss Man. Oh, yeah. Big Boss Man came over from the NWA, and the NWA was Big Bubba Rogers, the bodyguard of Jimmy Cornette and the Midnight Express. <laughs> so he was about to dig into his ass there. That was weird. Suddenly he became he went from a gangster like bodyguard to he is a corrections officer from Cobb County, Georgia. Wait, did Macho Man just leave? Yeah. Well, he got thrown out. Hogan oh. threw him out. I never really understood what happened here with the big boss man. Like for no apparent reason, he was just a good guy one day. So he's still a, he's still a heel here. He's a bad guy here. And then one day, like he becomes one of these guys where all the little kids are cheering for him, and he's a he's a super good guy. The body slam, Hogan, his fifth move. Oh, here we go. Fucking Hogan. Hogan makes me mad as I watch him. Racist prick. <laughs> look how see and look how sad and weak that that the body splash was in the corner. Boss man horribly just throws himself at Hogan. Boom. Look at this weak ass pile driver. Oh no, he got him there. He spiked him there. Hogan right now is mad that. What was he mad about? That his daughter had sex with a black man or something? What? He, oh, they oh, had him on tape with some sort of racist nonsense after yeah. he was fucking Bubba's wife. <laughs> Bubba the Love Sponge's wife. I can't look at Hogan the same ever since. I don't know why. Still living in the past. You know, this guy beat you in a goddamn security officer outfit face plant. Frank, I'll have you know he's a corrections officer <clears throat> from Cobb oh. County, Georgia. He, uh, one of the meanest prisons on earth. So here's an interesting thing here at Frank number 23. If you remember last time when we got together, 1988, we had a guy, the big, the uh, one man gang. Hey, the one man he gang is bad. He has like a, had quite a transformation since last we saw. Yeah, he looks like a broke dick, eight, uh, African Power Ranger. Well, if you remember, <laughs> the one man gang was from the mean streets of Chicago last time we saw him, and, uh, he went to find himself with the Doctor of Style Slick, and he f- lost himself in deep, dark Africa. 
it came back as Akeem, the African Dream, which just feels like a little bit of a racist gimmick for this guy, honestly. Because he would be like dancing around, like, yo, what's up, man? How we doing? You know, and it's like, uh, trying to sell, sell that. Yeah. Uh, it's that very image. clear what he was trying to be, and it just doesn't seem like it would fit with the one man gang. So, uh, anyway, so number 23 is Akeem, the African Dream, formerly known as the One Man Gang, former UWF heavyweight champion. These two guys were the Twin Towers, managed by the Doctor of Style, Slick. I used, oh. to, love, I used to love Slick. Slick Rick? No, Slick. That was his name, Slick. That was all his name. Like the Doctor of Style, Slick. And Can you imagine dressing up, like, dressing up like that? What happened? Can you imagine dressing up like that just to get into a fight? You're like, that's crazy. Which one, the cop? Yeah, no, Big fat guy. stomach's hanging no. out? That's nothing. Look at this guy. His tights are like... Hogan hangs out. Oh! oh he's out. I gotta be honest. I don't remember that at all. I thought he survived that. So the the Twin Towers threw Hogan out. Oh, and they dragged out Hogan, uh, this guy. Here, here you go. Hogan, the number one baby face in the company. Your biggest... Uh, um, let them lost good guy. guy. You know, whatever. After he gets thrown out... Pulls out the Twin Towers, starts hitting him with chairs, pulls him under the ropes, starts trying to fight with him because he's a fucking horrible loser. While this is going on, number 24 rolls in. Who is... <laughs> He's who just is fighting it? outside. Oh, oh, it's his boy. It's Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Brutus the Barber Beefcake rolls in at number 24. Beefcake? Beefcake. Brutus Beefcake. Hogan is a horrible loser. The referees are trying to throw him out of here. Hmm. <laughs> Pretty typical though, your 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 baby face, right? Your your top baby face, and he acts like a fucking jerk off. You lost. Get out of here, Hogan, you old fuck. Man, I feel like you uh, you haven't let that go, Doug. I feel like there's a lot of tension building up. There, look at look. He uh, does this. He does it. You'll see this again in another Royal Rumble years from now. He fucks around and he ends up getting Big Boss Man eliminated. This fucking guy was already eliminated, and he fucks around and Boss Man loses his opportunity to win the match because Hogan's a prick. It That's happens wild. again. It happens again in a couple of years. He does the exact same fucking move because he's a prick, fucking Hogan. There's a lot of hate there. Listen, I, I was a Ric Flair guy. The views point, that right? you're listening to right now are Ric Flair are and Sting. Doug and I was only a Ric Flair Doug. and Sting guy. <laughs> no, fuck that. I got news for you. I'm not the only one that views the Hulk, the fuck Hulk Hogan viewpoint. Believe me, there's plenty of people out there that feel the same way. Do you My see own. this though? This is your top baby face, right? Your top good guy. He's hitting the big boss man with crates. He cheated to pull the big boss man out of the ring. He's fucking him up with stuff. Piece Listen, of shit. Surprised that you're trying to. Uh... And now we're left with Hakeem, or Akeem, the African Dream, and the big boss. Or uh, what? Who? Uh, Brutus Bar Beefcake. Uh, excuse me. I used to always hate this about the Royal Rumble, where it would get down to like just two guys in the ring. Like the the allure for all this would be like have multiple people in the ring. Why would One he second. pick that? That outfit is ridiculous, though. He's the barber. He always had all kinds of cut-ups. Here you go. Let's talk about this for a second. This guy, he pisses me off so much. So the next <laughs> entry in here, number 25, is the Red Rooster. <laughs> this dude pissed me off so much. His name is Terry Taylor, right? He was an actual, real, like, true, perfect, like, technical wrestler, right? Terry Taylor. UWF television champion. And I don't know why the fuck they do this, but we've talked about this a hundred times. This is what they do. They bring him in, 
and he turned him into a complete joke. <clears throat> like he's not doing the like spiked red hair yet. Do you think they do that like as a as like a hazing period for yeah. new wrestlers? Though, I do. I yeah, yeah, for sure. Like they didn't do the whole red spiked hair at this point, but he's RR on the trunks. He's Red Rooster. That's wild. It's so stupid. He's Terry fucking Taylor. It's like I don't know. It's like almost like the and they still do it to this day, honestly. So, like, in today's world, AJ Styles, right? AJ Styles is a guy who's won multiple heavyweight titles, led a different company, left that company, went to New Japan Pro Wrestling. They made him a top star in New Japan immediately. And he goes to WWF, and it's kind of like you still have to go through the whole period of, like, he's douchey and nothing, you know, like, he's a mid-card guy, and then he works his way up, and then he becomes the heavyweight champion. If you're going to do that to these guys, like, why even bother? Like, why bother to bring in a Harley Grace? Why bother to bring in Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard? Maybe. Why bother to bring in Terry Taylor? Why bother to bring in the one-man gang if you're going to turn him into fucking Akeem the African Dream? I, I feel like it has more to do with, like, just a business standpoint, right? Like, the more stars you have from different avenues, I think it's just the easier watch and yeah, but easier like, way right, to so market like, it, right? Like, yeah, but yeah so, he can't, they can't all be champions, right, at that point, right? So... No, but let's say so. Like, let's say you you bring in a you bring in somebody like Harley Race because you want to attract the NWA audience. I would suspect. Yeah, you, you get them to win, right? So number twenty six with Mister Fuji. This is the Barbarian. He's the tag team partner of the Warlord that was in the match for a second. Of actor Tower's on Bane, the actor on Valhalla on Prime Videos. Yeah, huh? Vikings. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, oh, just kicking people's ass. It's a big boy. This guy. It's an aggressive little man. God the Powers of Pain uh, had a good run in the NWA. They came into the WWF. The demoli demolition were heels. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then they came in and uh, the Powers of Pain beat him up for whatever reason. Mr. Fuji turned on the demolition. Ended up with the Powers of Pain. He was their manager now. Fighting tooth and nail to stay in. Your boy. I don't know. What, like, what is happening here? Is Barbarian, try is Barbarian trying to get rid of Brutus Barber? Is Barber trying to get rid of Barbarian? Like, what the... F These two are, like, sideways fucking each other right now. Mm. Boom. Hakeem throwing the elbow haymakers on... To the neck. The red rooster. Fucking Terry Taylor. How many more people are up there to... Yeah, four more. Four. four more coming. No, I'm just curious. Cause it's like Four more. And I'll get and I'll get your opinion of who you think. And you win. said that uh, they've, ch they've changed this process over and over, right? Yeah, a couple like eventually it's like, hey, we'll do like one minute between competitor, like you know, between entrance, you know, it's ninety seconds between entrance. I think, I think nowadays they're back to ninety seconds. I think is what they do between uh, between entrance. But to be honest, they say two minutes, but they play fast and loose with that. Two minutes can mean anything anywhere between ninety seconds. They're and doing like. Uh, what do they call this? I don't know. Oh, man. I'm trying to think of the terminology they use. But Here you go, Frank. Who is this guy? Number 27. This is Andre the Giant's biggest competitor for a number of years. This is Big John Stud. Big John Stud, for sure, was entering like kind of the end of his run. He was like, you know, it was Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant, Big John Stud for the, like, the, the majority of the 80s. 
He was a holy shit. That guy's big. He was a heel, a villain, whatever you want to call him. For the majority of his career, he had just kind of turned babyface here. He turned on Bobby the Brain Heenan, and like this was like, you know, let's get him in. Let's get him in this match. Have him, you know, throw some punches and kicks. He'll never, he'll never, you he won't, won't ever it. believe it. Punches and kicks. But you know, it's like the let's kind of make him a big, a big good guy kind of thing. How did this guy's outfit make him think that he's part from South Africa? Right, like that didn't make any sense to me. Oh, Akeem? Yeah. What do you mean? It's the uh, the gold, green, fucking <laughs> yeah, yellow. He looks like a confused Power Ranger. Uh... Ridiculous. To be honest, you're not seeing the whole full racist outfit. Yeah. He had a big fucking hat with like all like the colors and stuff on it. He had a stupid like tutu that he would wear. A tutu. Yeah, like a like a yeah like a tutu. No, not a tutu. A guitar. Uh, no, what do you call that? Um, like a not a towel, but like a thing you know, with a you know, you oh, like, turban. Oh, you fuck! It had like a hole in it. Like Mike Tyson would wear like a towel version of this thing under the ring. I feel like we're playing uh, poncho. Yes, a poncho. That's not the word I'm looking for. <laughs> I was gonna say, I was like, I can't believe with, he bought that. We're gonna go with no. We're gonna go with poncho because that's close enough to what I'm thinking of. Mumu, I'm thinking of Mumu. There's a lot of spitting going on. This COVID would would run rampant. Oh, COVID one. would have taken this whole roster. Out. Are you crazy. <laughs> Here you go, number twenty-eight, Hercules Hernandez. Hercules, Hercules. It was probably just Hercules at this point. And at eighty-nine, I can't tell you if this is a heel or a babyface because he kind of flipped back and forth. It was clearly a babyface because he's beating up on Barbarian. Get him over, Hercules. One of these guys. He he uh, suddenly became Japanese. Because he went to the WCW, put a mask on, and became the Super Invader, who was like a Japanese pro wrestler. And it was like, oh, well, it's Hercules. Hercules. <laughs> like, if you're familiar with him, it's like, oh, well, the, what, it, Super it's Invader. Like, it's, it's just it's, like well, Her- It's Hercules. It rolls off the tongue just like I thought it. Bam. It tastes just like it smells. Delicious. Yo, for a second, I heard nothing. I thought he had a compression shirt on. <laughs> he is very pale, this man. Pale and strawberry. Oh, which one? The right there, big boy, um, uh, big John Studd. Yeah, yeah. He was old school, man. You know, like very, very little body definition, a stomach, just strong dude, but just a strong, tall, big dude. Hercules is. I don't know what the fuck. Hercules is wandering around for no apparent reason. Barbarian is riding the top rope. Boom. Well, here you go. You haven't seen the Million Dollar Man yet. Leading you to believe that he may have bought number 30, Frank. He means bought number 30. Oh, hey, he's the Million Dollar Man. He hasn't been in the match yet. There's two, only two spots left. He can't possibly have chosen number 30. They're saying he may have bought number 30. He said he want to be as fresh as possible towards the end. Here you go, number 29, Rick Martell. So I was wrong. So Strike Force hadn't quite broken up yet because he's not the model yet. <laughs> he's still just, you know, Strike Force Rick Martell. Again, like we've talked about last time, we talked about this time, we'll talk about a number of times again in the future. 
Rick Martell, a big star in other companies. He carried the AWA. He was the AWA heavyweight champion. They brought him here to WWF and, uh, you know, fuck him. Stuff him in the mid-card and do nothing with him ever. His crowning achievement, he's going to fight the Red Rooster here in the Royal Rumble. Try to get rid of him. He looks like the sitcom. Uh, like the barbarian's legs. Are is it Dan? Who? He looks like a sitcom star. His hair and his look, his face. Like, uh, is it Charles in Charge? Well, he's old school 80s. Yeah, I mean, that's the Charles in Charge. That's Scott Bayo haircut, so it could be. Got the Canadian flag on his trunks. So, Strike Force, right? They had the lightning bolts. We talked about this. Martel's got the Canadian flag. Tito Santana, a sombrero. Sombrero. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, I mean, what the fuck? You couldn't even give him the Mexican flag? He's got a sombrero. Oh, 80s racism. Frank, you'll never guess. We're getting to number 30, and we still haven't seen Ted DiBiase. That would lead us to believe that Ted DiBiase bought number 30. Ted B- DiBiase. <clears throat> the Million Dollar Man. The cheating. Is he like the original, like Ric Flair? Because he had always that, like. Uh, no, uh, Ric Flair is the original Ric Flair. No, I'm saying like the the glitz, Actually, not even true. the glitz and the shiny jackets and all that shit. You know, Buddy Rogers is the original Ric Flair, the Nature Boy Buddy Rogers. Unfortunately, this is zoo. There you go, number thirty. There you is go, little. The million dollar man, Teddy Biasi, with his man servant Virgil. Seems weird. Very weird. It's a little bit uncomfortable that Virgil's his servant. Who happens to be a man of color. Well, there you go. (laughs) I didn't want to touch that one. I was going to let you touch that one. We're just observing. (laughs) Not agreeing. (laughs) Oh, it was the 80s. It was a different time. It was just a joke. (laughs) Yeah. Well, look, you see this? Well, it's not his slave. All right, now I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> All right, so Frank, take a look in the ring. Here's what you got. The Red Rooster, Ted DiBiase, Brutus Beefcake, Tito Santana, Hercules Hernandez, The Barbarian, Big John Sutton, and Akeem. Who do you think's the winner? There's still two more guys, though. No, this is it, 30. One of these guys is going to win. Pick a winner. Uh, it's got to be this fucking guy, Ted DiBiase. Is that, are we going to lock you in on Ted DiBiase? I think so, man. He's going to. All right. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Hold on. Let, me look at, let me look again. Oh, that's the Red Rooster. Don't worry. He's never going to win. No, no, no. <laughs> Red yeah, I'm going with Ted DiBiase. Red Rooster's out of there. DiBiase eliminates him. All right. So Frank's going with Ted DiBiase. Who did you pick last time? You also lost. Uh, I picked. Um, you picked Dino Bravo. And it Bravo, was Axel yeah. Jim Doggin. Jim Doggin. Jim Duggan. Jim Doggin. Much stronger choice here with uh, Ted DiBiase as the winner. Yes. We'll, we'll see. No, I'm saying that's a much stronger choice, though. We'll see what happens here. Hercules with a shitty clothesline. And another shitty clothesline. Not even really putting a lot of effort into it. Just kind of like, I'm going to lay my arm on your chest. That's and a big motherfucker, man. Look at him. He's like, come on, I want to stuff my penis in your face. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen my balls? Yeah, clearly. They like to wear... Uh, Clothing that's Sir, can I talk to you about my balls? I mean, I've seen a lot of uh, dickheads poking out of, of trunks in this match. That's mm-hmm. all I'm saying. Sorry with Hennig, and here we are. 
This guy, he has fucking uh, yeah, the bedazzled what, gloves on. I don't, and stuff. What, I don't the know what fuck? Bruce is doing. What is he wearing? Can you imagine, though, being like, this is going to be your outfit. Take it or <laughs> leave it. How much you paying me again? <laughs> yeah. All right. I'll yes. Wear whatever you want. Yes, bro. Brother Brutai. A lot of pale skilled people in there, dog. No, there's not a lot of tans in there. <laughs> Big Big John Sud is so white, he's turning red now from you know, he's warmed up. I'm surprised that the superstars are not like even close to the end, like Macho Man and Hulk Hogan. They were just like, oh, man, fuck this shit. Let these yeah, guys like, yeah, we don't need to be in this stupid Royal Rumble is dumb. We don't need to be in this. And here he goes. You lose, you lose Hercules and you lose Brutus Beefcake all in one shot. Beefcake. Mm. <laughs> all right, take it easy. <laughs> Look at him. They're just uh, like, a taking a fucking breather right now. shitty attack on Tito Santana. Surprising. Or, Santana's no, Rick still there? No, no, no. It's Rick Martel. He oh, looks just like say, What the hell? No, no, no. Rick Martel. I swore I saw him leave. He came back. Rick Martel, I meant to say. Rick Martel's about to get smush. Mmm. is a pig. Barbarian's going to hit him with the headbutt before Chris Benoit came along. It's the, like the, the Dynamite Kid headbutt. Somehow Akeem is still in here, the racist stereotype. <laughs> Let's have our most racist character hanging Off around. the rope. Look at look at look at look how weak this Boom. is. <laughs> look at Rick Martel. Rick Martel misses the barbarian by a mile with that drop kick and somehow eliminates him. He eliminated his fucking aura. DiBiase makes him pay by starting to beat up on Santana. I thought I was in Santana. Why do I keep calling him Santana? Because <laughs> he looks what does just that like say? him. I meant Rick Martel. I'm so used to Rick Martel or to Tito Santana getting the shit beat out of him that I'm seeing this happening. So I keep forgetting it's Rick Martel. So his hair's close enough. Boom. Another shitty dropkick. Boom. And there oh. goes Rick Martel. He's out. So now we got the Million Dollar Man, Big John Studd, and Akeem. So here we are. The one-man gang is again at the end. Do you recall? I don't know, probably too young for that, but do they have, like, betting lines for stuff like this? Probably not at this point. They do now, but I don't think they did at this point. These two guys are just fucking tag-teaming Big John Studd. I think DiBiase, if I remember correctly, does the standard. Like, I'm going to pay off Hakeem, and we're going to work together, you and me, brother. Big John Stud has been wearing those same trunks for his entire career, just mm -hmm. so you know. <laughs> Fucking white pants with three red stars. Is that like a Russian emblem? I'm exaggerating, of course, but I feel like every time you ever see this guy's in those trunks. Or tights, I guess, not trunks. Trunks? Tights? <laughs> Tights. Tights? Trunks? Trunks. Trunks. Tights. 
I came with a shitty body splash. Oh, shitty? Come on, buddy. He barely like he like. Listen, trips I don't think, I don't think you need much f- with a hit like that to. I gotta tell you, I could survive. Oh, he got Ted DiBiase gets the smash there, and uh, oh, he took out. There goes Akeem. So here you go. Uh oh, here we go. DiBiase and the big and Big John Stud. Frank's pick and not Frank's pick. Uh, I think uh, it's gonna be my pick. There's no way that fucking loser (laughs) in the white tights. Loser, this goof in the white tights. You mean you don't think that Big John Studs, Studs gonna throw out the guy that's in all of your main event programs He's right like, now? He's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pay you off here. Here's a million dollars. DiBiase, the guy that they're getting behind and building up, and he's in all the main event programs. You don't think this fucking guy's gonna throw him out? DiBiase doing the standard heel, please, please, begging off move. You know, like, oh, oh, no. Oh. Oh, you got the under. He's got him. The, undertru- the Undertaker. Oh, <laughs> that had to not feel so great. That looks Yo, like he landed a little high. His head almost hit the post. He landed a little high on that turnbuckle. Big John Stud, shitty punches. Standard heel tactic here. I'm begging you. Oh, I didn't mean to kick you. I'm begging you. Leave me alone. And a shitty right hand punch that Ted DiBiase sells like a million bucks. <laughs> Big John Studd is a huge guy, though. He really is. He looks like an old Norse. He does. Right? <laughs> look at look at him. A, bell, uh, a butterfly suplex. This man has never thrown that before in his life. Uh-oh. Look at this. You can hit him with that. Look at this. Oh, he barely <laughs> oh got. He, bar- he would have landed on his fucking like head. He almost barely got him a over. A fucking shitty side suplex throw by Big John Stud. Mm. <laughs> like he's just giving up. Like, you know what? I'm just going to throw this fucking dude. If he falls on his head, what am I going to do? <laughs> Fuck him. I don't like Ted DiBiase like, If anyway. he dies, he dies. If he dies, he dies. Oh. And there you go. And Big John Stud's your winner, Frank. Wow. <laughs> Oh, someone didn't accept the, the results of that. Yeah, the, the servant. They didn't want to call him a slave because it's incredibly racist. Virgil's about to take a beating, too. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Virgil. Shoulder dropped him. Like, what even? Why even bother? Like, you just threw out the guy that, like, you're building up. And now you're going to have him beat up on Virgil. He's going to make him a part of the stage permanently, huh? Like, all of this is so unnecessary to me. Fucking Virgil just oh, you can you beating. can see that this one was a little more thought out and, like... Well, it's a completely different thing now, right? Yeah, so, like, now up. it's a pay-per-view. Now it's, like, a whole thing. The Norseman one. Fucking Big John stud. i got to be honest. I don't really remember every little, you know, detail of everything, but I don't think they ever built on this with him. You know, like, again, Big John Studd had just recently become a good guy. And I don't think that, like, they never did anything with this. Yeah, they just gave him that one. It was like, all right, this is your your, uh, shining star, and that's it. This still wasn't a time where, like, if you won, you went to WrestleMania or anything like that. It's like they just gave him the win, and, like, okay, let's move on. On to the next. (laughs) Pretty much. So he's going to stand here. He's going to take his accolades. Fucking Big John Stud. 
just like last time. They yeah, you could tell even like the the amount of like excitement from the announcer at this point, yeah. right? Like just. But just like last time, they pull out. Oh, so here you are. So WrestleMania right. five. <laughs> so we're building to WrestleMania five. So so there you go. Big John Sud wins that match. He is not involved in any <laughs> in any way in the main event of WrestleMania. That's the Hogan Savage WrestleMania. So wait, he wasn't even part of that. Uh... Well, he wasn't in the the main event mix for gotcha. sure. I don't know. Actually, I don't know that. I don't know that Big John Sud was on WrestleMania five at all. Now that I think about it, hang on, give me a second. I'm gonna look this up. I'm not gonna. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna look this up because I don't remember the actual card. We'll find this out together, Frank. All I really remember from WrestleMania five is that it was in AC and it was Hogan and Savage. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Thinking, thinking. Uh, all right. Hercules, Haku, Bossman, Akeem, The Rockers, Beefcake, Bushwhackers, Rougeau's, Perfect, Blazer, Demolition. Blah, 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 blah. Big Johnson's not even on the card. Wow. So again, so it's like not even. So he won and then didn't even get like uh Right. So a it's spot like, with it. While yes, this was a pay per view at this point, there's still nothing like there's still Set nothing other than it. like hey, I won the Royal Rumble. No build up, yeah. Right, exactly. It still doesn't get you any kind of like, hey, I'm going to WrestleMania, that kind of thing, where which it will become at some point here. So Wow. We're we're getting close, Frank. We're one, two, we're three years away from one of the ones that's viewed as one of the best Royal Rumbles in history. So which you will also see Hulk Hogan be a fucking bitch in. Yeah, again. A sore loser, baby face who's a fucking jerk off kind of kind of uh moment. So Man, I don't know, but just just by listening to it, I feel like you really do have something against Hulk Hogan. No, it's just like you to go back in time, right, and look at it with adult eyes instead of kid eyes. It's like this is supposed to be your number one baby face. You're you're like Say your prayers. Uh, what is it? Say your prayers. Take your vitamins. Work out. Whatever the fuck. Whatever. It is. What is it? Do your right. Say your prayers. The training. The prayers. The vitamins. And he's like, he's kind of a jerk off. He cheats. He, he he's a horrible loser. Anyway, we'll we'll get to ninety two. Uh, we'll talk about this again. It's the American way, though. That's horrible, Frank. <laughs> you want to add anything here? Uh this was uh, actually. You can tell it's literally like a little getting better. Like, this is much better than the first one, for sure. I was just going to say, how do you feel about this one compared to 88? Yeah, this one's definitely better than the first one. It looks like it was a little more organized. It looked a little more like you could tell there was more emphasis into this one. That's some star power. Some star power. Yeah, for sure. All right. And anytime you see the Macho Man, Randy Savage, and Hulk Hogan in the ring at the same time, baby, you know. If you remember, we talked about the Ultimate Warrior last time, and he was, like, not really a real factor because he was essentially still he wasn't the even Dingo it, Warrior, but he had just become the... He doesn't even show up in this one. Yeah, yeah. But if you look, at, you know, to look ahead at 1990, Macho Man is now the Macho yeah. King, and, and see, the uh, Ultimate Warrior is involved. So yeah. now he's really the Ultimate Warrior. Now he's on the road. 1990, he's on the road to being WrestleMania six, where he'll beat Hogan for the title in in uh, Toronto. So now he's a real legitimate, the Ultimate Warrior. So I like it. Good times. The Tarzan of the wrestling. Ring. That's right. That's right. So. <laughs> That's it. That's uh, another episode of Frank Reviews in the Books, Royal Rumble 1989. Of course, as always, if you want to uh, check out what we're doing, 
Follow the Girls of Booze at Girls of Booze on Instagram, WGOB Network on YouTube, WGOB Network everywhere you get your favorite podcasts, at Platino for Life on Instagram, at Doug GOB on Instagram, at Fitness Empire underscore Jim underscore 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 meatball meatballs no all the, all the rest of that is fake but uh at fitness empire underscore gym underscore is uh chris's gym chris of course will join us next time he is chomping at the bit to start talking some pro wrestling with frank he's been waiting on this day forever so. yeah i'm sure <laughs> he's probably gonna come in full like uh gear oh buddy court. he's gonna come in his hulkamania face t-shirt paint. he's ready to go with the ultimate warrior face paint on. He's ready. <laughs> uh so that's it also uh hopped up network at hopped up network.com hopped up network.com at hopped up network on instagram so anything that's good man all right that's it we'll get out of here three two one we're out of here. and we're out of here